Aloha, and thank you for tuning in. This is Josh Porter and... Jason Burkhardt. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> first uh, shot here in the studio at putting together a show to talk about renewable energies here in Maui. So we're calling it Solar Coaster. The reason we chose that name is uh, because this industry is known as one that's very volatile and has its ups and downs. Uh, it's highly regulated. We'd like to basically, our, our goal here really over the course of the next... I think it's going to be about 13 weeks or so, guys, something in that territory, uh, at minimum, is to uh, talk about the latest and greatest technologies and how it's most relevant to uh, people that live here in our community. Uh, so, you know, one of the uh, reasons that we decided to do this was that, you know, we saw that the rate of change in this industry was moving so fast uh, that it was kind of hard to keep uh, abreast of even as a person in the industry. That was episode one of the Solar Coaster. <laughs> aloha. I, I know, I know. It's good stuff. Hey, aloha, folks. This is the Solar Coaster, not episode one, but episode 168. Is that right, Jay? 168? Correct. Yep. We got Brian Thomas on the line. Aloha, Brian. Hey, Josh and Jay. Great to have you on, uh, my brother. And of course, Mr. Verkart calling in from Osaka as as per usual recently. Uh, we got a yep. pretty interesting show going on today. What's the deal, Jay? Um, well, the big news in the world is that the solar coaster is going to be ending its uh, run on Kaoi uh, pretty shortly. We are moving on to bigger, better, more interesting things. The solar coaster itself is not going away. We are going to be changing, though, and we're going to tell you all about it uh, in, the yeah. next, <laughs> in the next few. Pretty interesting uh, couple of shows. So, yeah, that is the dealio, folks. We are wrapping our 169-show experiment with Kaoi Studios, and we are doing some pretty fun things and interesting things, uh, and, and I'm going to share some of that with you. You know, we spent, uh, initially we decided to do 13 uh, episodes, uh, <laughs> Jay, and turned out we did 169. Uh, that's about, not quite three and a half years, maybe, three and a half years, uh, a weekly hour-long radio talk show, not something I ever saw myself necessarily doing, but got a tremendous amount out of it. And we are heading over into some new areas. So here's what we're up to, guys. We are going to be doing a video documentary with a full production crew, a real real crew, uh, uh, on my home here of the Energy Hub system. The Energy Hub system is uh, a very pivotal technology launched uh, that is being launched by SolarEdge. SolarEdge, of course, the uh, renewable energy juggernaut uh, that has been leading uh, ETFs, Brian, like TAN, and uh, over the last uh, year or so. It's really going to be a cool uh, production. We're going to be looking at, it's kind of similar to the Pantech technology we talked about before, about how energy moves around a home in certain events and eventualities. Uh, this Energy Hub system, for example, will allow us to oversize DCAC, a solar system, 200%. Can you imagine that, guys? So you have a boatload of extra energy coming in DC. Where do you put it? Well, how about an EV? How about an electric hot water heater? How about a, a hot tub or maybe a pool even, you know? So there's some really exciting stuff with that coming up. We're going to be working on that full-time in the upcoming month. We also go, got something going on with SPI. Jay, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So, so uh, we've had this... Um long-standing conversation with, with Solar Power Events, which is the company that runs uh, the largest renewable energies uh, themed trade show in North America and a weekly educational series with Solar Power Events uh, through the beginning of the main event. So every week we're going to be doing shows with them. That is uh, going to be pretty cool, that educational series. And then, of course, uh, that looks like uh, a pretty uh, opportunity, not only because of the, the content and the technology. SPI sets, they've got so many tracks now. I'm having a rough time keeping track of those tracks. They have, uh, <laughs> the, they've integrated electric vehicles, wind, hydrogen, solar plus storage, and another one that I have a hard time remembering. I think it's five tracks in total. There's got six weeks of this educational series there are three sessions per week. We're talking about doing an opening, uh, a discussion and framing of it, a recap on a daily and a recap at the end of the week. That information can be pushed out to all of the uh, people on their mailing list, which is basically the entire renewable energy industry in the United States. So we're really looking forward to that opportunity, learning about those tracks and contributing uh, to that, uh, that overall experience. We also have something exciting happening in uh, Vegas itself, and I can hear Jay cringing on the other line right now. Josh, it's not ready to be talked about. Josh, it's not ready to talk about. But uh, let's just put it this way. It's something to do with a TV show and hosting that in Vegas. I don't know exactly how we get to Vegas in the middle of a pandemic, Jay. 
we are <laughs> in conversation. Still a, yeah, still a conversation, exactly. About no. that, about that. <laughs> so a lot of cool things going on, folks. Do keep in touch with us. And the, the, really the, the hub to stay close to the solar coaster is our website. That's solar-coaster.com. Is that right, Jay? Solar-coaster. Yep. I don't usually say it. You usually say it. Yep. So, <laughs> solar-coaster.com is our website. And we're going to have a lot of great stuff up there. I see us ramping up our podcast and our live streaming activity in addition to all that content, maybe as a kind of launch off of that content. And so we have a full studio set up at home and uh, there is some discussion about establishing a Patreon page as well. If you want to get access to even deeper premium content, that will be an opportunity for you. So folks, this is the last Solar Coaster episode. Are you guys ready to get started? Always. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. Aloha, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. And we can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Ka'oi, 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. But we will always be at www.solar-coaster.com where you can listen live, catch the shows uh, as they go out, or check the YouTube streams. Uh, as Josh just mentioned, we're setting up Patreon uh, support for his, his uh, first sponsorship. It's really going to be the hub. So if you're in social media, you want to check what's going on in renewable energies, check solar-coaster.com. If you're interested in where we're going to be doing live events, check solar-coaster.com. Uh, pretty much everything is always going to be there. And of course, we still have our mailing this form. If you have questions about renewable energies, uh, we've got a decent number of those coming in these days as people people are looking to, to kind of do some home improvements. Um, send us a note. Now, the mailing list form is on every single page at solar-coaster.com and you can get in touch with us. Ask, ask us specific questions about your install. We'll point you in the right direction. We're not an installer at all, uh, but we know a few people. <laughs> we sure do. We sure do. <laughs> Podcasts are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, uh, and, and now uh, Sirius XM, which is uh, really impressive. Right next to Howard Stern. Right next to Howard <laughs> yeah, Stern. Exactly. All right. And we, oh, you know, I want to take a moment uh, to talk, usually talk about our sponsors. And I want to take a moment to thank all of the sponsors over the years. I've been a tremendous amount of contributors, right? But the, but the companies that actually decided to sit down and uh, write a check to get, keep this content moving. Uh, and that started out with Tabuchi Electric America. I want to really uh, send a, a, a big appreciation out to the executives out there. Uh, Mrs. McClure, I believe, was her name. And then, of mm -hmm. course, LG Chem. LG Chem was a great sponsor, and we were able to do some really uh, fun content related to all the things that LG Chem, one of the largest battery manufacturers in the world, has been doing, you know, and also one of the most deployed technologies in the world, whether it's their uh, 10H Resu uh, product or some of the other uh, brands that, uh, that I guess, white label uh, for them, with them. And then, of course, Sonin. Sonin uh, Technologies, you know, we were, we, not only we had these, these fellows on a number of times from Greg Smith up to Blake Raketa, all the way out to Vipples Reed in Bavaria HQ for Sonin International. Uh, Sonin was a great sponsor of the show and was, it was really great to have them on as well, learning about VPP and all the cool things over this multi-year arc, really. Don't want to forget about Pantech Design and the Pantech Design Minute. Remember all those home automation uh, snippets we did for about six months to a year where it was just this great exploration of all new things, home energy automation, and what's gonna, how does your home make decisions about energy to protect you in inclement weather and in different scenarios. And we're seeing so much, such a pl proliferation of that type of technology, right, Jay, with all these new players in the market, all these partnerships, home energy auto automation is off the charts. And that's what this Solar Edge conversation is going to be about as well. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have Sundrum Solar, Sundrum Solar, the PBT, uh, the photovoltaic thermal integrated system that hit 86% efficiency, uh, unprecedented top of the charts. Sundrum Solar with Michael Intieri. And from all of this work, doing a really amazing project out here uh, on the brewery. So excited to see that completed shortly. A couple of mysterious sponsors popped out of the blue. I do not know who they are to this day. So whoever you are, thank you very much. Uh, I can't tell you how much, how we amazing appreciate that was. You. Yeah, really. Just where does that come from? It's just amazing, right? Also towards, uh, we had um, Fairwinds Wealth Management. We've got Brian Thomas on the line. We're going to hear from him in a second. Uh, of course, we were able to talk about ESG, uh, environmental and social government governance, and learn all about the markets and how the renewable energy industry is, uh, is, is related 
to what's happening in the markets and how the markets are responding to the different events and uh, ESG and the big, big moves. I mean, this was just remarkable. And one more thing before we're going to jump in and talk to Brian in a second. But of course, the Maui Office of Economic Development came on recently, the Kamaina First program during this pandemic. And we worked together on uh, looking at this uh, new energy economy, looking at how to diversify this economy and, and support our local businesses in the process. Before we head over to news and events, I do want to give a, sh a chance uh, for Brian to say a few words. Brian, it's been a pleasure having you on, my brother. Yeah, thanks, Josh and Jay. Um, my first show was actually June 28th. 2019. So it's crazy that's been over a year. And uh, um, you want you want to talk about what we talked about on that show? Yeah, sure. So Josh and Jay had me on at that time. I talked about ESG invest, investing, environmental, social, and governance. And it was an undercurrent in the business. But then BlackRock came. Uh, they issued their sustainable investing memo in July 28. So a year later is when they started to get into that $7 trillion asset manager. But then also we talked about on that show, and you can listen to it, um, it's episode 112. And specifically, it's uh, 16 minutes and 44 seconds into the show. But we talked about, I talked about TAN, and it wasn't, re it wasn't a recommendation, but look at it. And it was a, it is an ETF that comprises solar stocks. And it is up since then uh, about 79%. It's actually probably the, one of the number one sectors, if not the number one sector, <laughs> among other choices. And in fact, the NASDAQ at that time is up 44%. So it's been an incredible run and very timely and prescient. But it's been great to be on the show. And thank you guys both. Thank you, Brian. It, you know, and I know Jay probably wants to chime in, but it, it, for me, it's been such a, an education. And I look forward to doing continuing content with you about the markets and about how the renewable energy transition is you know, gaining a foothold uh, in, in this new energy economy. I just find it absolutely fascinating. And frankly, I wish I took everything I owned and threw it in the markets when you told me to because, <laughs> because it did so well, my little experiment uh, on, your, on, your, on your recommendation. So thank you again, and we'll look forward to having uh, you on in the new forums. Do, do let people know where they can find you, I mean, after, after this. Sure. <laughs> well. uh, People can call me, 808-873-3247, uh, 808-873-3247. Okay. Well, Brian's going to take off now. Thank you, Brian. And we will talk to you soon, my brother. Aloha. Fantastic, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that was Brian Thomas of Fairwinds Wealth Management, not only a sponsor, but also a contributing member for, I, I wow, was that almost a more year? Than, more than a year? More than a year, yeah. <laughs> I have no sense of real time, Jay. I really was like, oh, it was a few well, months no, ago. Well, no, 13, yeah, let's do, let's do 13 shows. Come on the air with me. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to wrap up at, 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 a, at number 169 of 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Time is just a construct. All right. Wait. Let's over when I head over to news and events, Jay. Always, always. <laughs> All right. Okay. Big news, folks. Solar Coaster is moving to new venues. That's what we're talking about today. We're actually going to not spend any time on news and events. So we've got plenty of things to cover. Do you want to spend a little time looking back, though? on the last three and a half years and some of the different experiences we had. We're kind of moving in a chronological fashion. This next, next piece right here is us on the road in San Francisco, our first field trip. Remember that one, Jen? Absolutely. I can't, we'll never forget it. Let's play a little bit of it. Aloha Maui, this is Josh Porter here with Jason Verkart on the Solar Coaster. Hey Jay, so this is really a, kind of a, a Solar Coaster first here. We, we have spent the last uh, nine or 10 weeks getting to know the studio, having a good time, getting comfortable in that environment. And now we're here out of studio, out of Maui in San Francisco to do our first, uh, you know, in the field, a Solar Coaster episode. It's pretty cool, right? Exactly right. Totally new experience for me. I mean, I've been in San Francisco before, but this is the first time we tried to do a radio show. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Off-site. It was really fun the last few days. Uh, you know, we are here at InterSolar. InterSolar is North America's most uh, kind of highly attended renewable energy trade show. It's three days filled with exhibitors, a lot of new technology. You know, we're in a very kind of critical time here in the renewable energy industry. So a lot of relevant uh, tech across the board, all kinds of cool stuff that we're going to talk about. Yeah, like I said, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I saw some fantastic new stuff, talked to a lot of people 
people. We've got some great interviews. Uh, we're probably going to keep our uh, conversations to a minimum because we got so much content that we really want to present to you guys. Yeah, let's get right into it. We are going to uh, cover uh, technology across the full spectrum of renewable energy systems for your home, from consumption monitoring devices to a design software, panels, and some uh, company equipment with that. Also, inverters and storage, really kind of the showstoppers, really kind of the key to this, this show this year. Well, there you go. That was Josh and Jay trying to figure out how to do a field show. I think we were in a camper van in San Francisco, Jay. Yeah, you had rented this this little thing, and it wasn't. I guess it wasn't that little. I mean, it, we had <laughs> our own separate sleeping quarters, which was nice. But um, we 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 traveled all up and down Northern California to to do our research and and get into these shows. And if, like I said, it was it was a road trip never never to be forgotten. It was 2017 though, and you can hear it like what we're talking about. Um, storage isn't really a big piece of the puzzle yet, right? Um, it, things things have changed a lot in the last three years. And going back and listening to these episodes again was just a massive eye opener for me how fast and how radically things have changed. Yeah, and it's not slowing down. <laughs> not slowing down. And I'll tell you what, you know, when I look at the um, that episode, episode 10 we were, uh, it was our first time at a show and we were walking around with that uh, fluffy mic and it attracted a lot of attention. We met a lot of great guys, a lot of great people. <laughs> and uh, Pika, we had a conversation with Pika who ended up being acquired, not, not you know, just recently, last six months or so uh, from SPI around that time period, 2019 by Generac. And we had our first conversation with Pika, which I almost chose to air, but I was like, there's just so much content there. So Pika was kind of like, oh, wow, there's a grid interactive battery. It was basically Sonin and Pika and a couple of other guys. And uh, it's just flourished so much since then, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the inner solar was at that moment was, wow, there's a trade show for uh, renewable energies. That's amazing, and it was all kind of wide-eyed, and and uh, and and from there though we realized that the, it was actually there was actually so much bigger things down the road. No, I mean go back and listen to it if you have an, any interest at all. All of these shows are just so much fun to to, to go back and revisit. Um, I, I'm shocked that you aired number one because ah. <laughs> that's that's the one I tell people never to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> number one, I know. But let's, it's... but let's but let's move on. Let's move on to Vegas. All right, so here we go. This is actually. I, I, well, anyway, I'll just play it. PI is literally 20,000 of the smartest people in renewable energies today gathered in one place and it is just amazing. Yeah, really exciting stuff. And you know, the reason we want to do this is we, you know, there's just so much happening in this industry. It's moving so fast. You know, there's a great opportunity if we can kind of pull out and have some conversations with a couple of key uh, influencers here, bring that back to the community of Maui, then you're going to have a good sense of what's happening in this industry right from the very, very top of the, the whole thing. So yeah. without further ado, let's jump right into this. Okay. We did meet up with the SPI executive team, the people that put this event together. Gary, VP of Marketing, had a couple of words to share with us. Let's listen in. We have Gary Thoreau, Vice President of Marketing, Business Development and Sales, and Danielle Danko, uh, Director of Marketing, here with us. So really, uh, what's kind of cool about SPI, and uh, Danielle and I both for about three years now, this is our fourth SPI, it really is about the integration that's taking place in the industry. It was three years ago, just a lot of a focus on just solar, and there's all of these complementary technologies that now go along with it, like energy storage, all the software. We have things here about microgrids, hydrogen fuel cells. Like a lot of people don't realize that folks in the hydrogen industry, one of the preferred ways for them to produce hydrogen is through solar energy because you need electricity to produce hydrogen. So their whole thought is why use coal to create electricity to make a renewable energy, use solar and store the solar power with hydrogen gas. So those are the types of things that are taking place here now. You're seeing like a, a greater diversity of types of vendors and, and people. Types of people coming to the show that have different interests. We have more exhibitors than we've had in the past, and this will probably be our largest year of attendance as well. And a lot of it is folks like from where you're from, from Hawaii, that are looking at smart cities, have protection from storms and things like that, like we're having in Florida this week. And if you have solar on your house and a battery, you're going to probably get up a lot quicker from Irma than people that are waiting for power to be restored. But I think what we're really excited about is the convergence of all these technologies at Solar Power International. That we have the hydrogen fuel cells, that we have this a lot of energy storage at the show, that we have the presence of the smart energy and the microgrid technologies. And you're not really going to see this at any other renewable energy show. And we're working. That right there was Gary Thoreau, who we've since developed a great relationship with. And I believe Jennifer Danko, was that, that was that her name, right, Jay? Yep, yep. 
that was our first opportunity in Vegas to see SPI. And if we thought that, you know, our other shows were large, SPI is really the biggest thing happening in the United States. Something like 20,000 attendees at that stage of the game, I think, Jay. Yep. Yeah, that was exactly right. So it's, then I think I said that at the beginning. Um, really, you're starting to see storage become more of the, more of the conversation. <clears throat> we hit that right at, right up the, the head there. Um, hydrogen is still an interesting one. I mean, we were reporting last week about that, how they're just starting uh, Royal Dutch Shell is actually building a wind farm off the coast um, of, of Holland that will be making hydrogen from the wind farm so that they don't right. have to have to blow it off. That's, that's when you curtail, you lose that energy. And so people are still trying to figure that out. It's not done yet, but, uh, but it's definitely a big part of the conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when I uh, think about that first SP, they were so welcoming to the idea of having coverage at these uh, shows, you know? <laughs> and so you were able to, we were, we were kind of surprised and we didn't know. We just thought, Oh, let's go and see if we can get some more content. We were so jazzed after inner solar that I, yeah, I think it was just a month or so after inner solar that we ended up going. Yeah. They were pretty close. They're pretty close together. Yeah. And then, you know, we had an opportunity to meet a lot of people that was, uh, you know, Abigail Ross Hopper from SIA, Julia Ham from SIPA. And these are the two organizing bodies, you know, in the United States that uh, they own and operate sets and solar powder national North America smart energy week. Uh, but they also are kind of these, you know, like C is this lobbying organization we, that, that, that helps and kind of fosters and looks after the solar energy industry. And then, of course, SEPA, this think tank of amazing young people that are, are, are working to kind of support the utilities and support other organizations. Just education. So nobody's, yeah. Yeah, so nobody's operating in isolation, which is that's the worst thing. I mean, everybody, if everybody has to re, reinvent the wheel, then it's going to take us a lot longer to get to, to the end goal of, of 100% renewables. Yeah, so I think we started to get a better sense on nationally what was happening uh, at that show. And then, you know, and then, of course, we started to see more and more integration of, of storage, like you said. And, and so that was kind of, uh, yeah, just another great experience. And then, of course, since then, we've developed kind of more and more maturing relationships with these organizations. We did head back to Maui, of course, and we sat down. We started to say, OK, let's take a closer look at what's going on in Hawaii. And uh, we had a chance to sit down with Mayor Arakawa when he was in office as the mayor of Maui County. And I got to tell you, you know, um, I didn't know what to expect, right? I kind of was like, ah, let's see if, uh, the, you know, Mayor Arakawa, what his kind of viewpoint how, is. How, how aware he is. You know, how aware he is. What is, what is his mindset? And, you know, I think he was kind of uh, on the tail end of his, uh, his series of, uh, I think he had three, he was in office maybe three times, right? And mm -hmm. um, frankly, blown away by how much this fellow knew about renewables and what kind of vision he had. And he comes right out of the gate swinging kind of Mike Tyson style about wheeling. I mean, right out of the gate on the hot topic. Now, we're actually trying to push that legislation through this year, legislature. I'm kidding. That's so it's, it's one of the efforts that we're, we're working toward. Last year, they were discussing having community uh, photovoltaic systems and having the community being able to utilize the combined uh, photovoltaic panels for that community and the credits for that community, which is a form of wheeling. Mm -hmm. But what we wanted is in a more pure sense to be able to create energy and move it throughout the system. Mm. Now, I firmly believe that if wheeling is allowed within five years after it's passed, we will have 100% alternative energy creation. That fast? I think it'll be that fast. Wow. We have the capability of creating all the energy we need within our community. Mm -hmm. It's how we distribute that energy from one point to another, and it's also how we back it up. Now, we have projects that are going on right now. Uh, we're, we're gonna be working with a company to do about 500 acres of biofuel. Mm -hmm. And at our Kahului wastewater plant, we're gonna be creating that biofuel uh, energy production uh, and he goes on to talk about some of the other systems. Uh, but Mayor Akawa talked, you know, right away that 100% renewable energy in five years. Now, bear in mind, I think we both were kind of going like, what? Uh, in five years, this is what, this is 2017, right? Jay, I think still mm -hmm. 2017. So he's saying that by 2022, 2023, we could have 100% renewables I guess you know. I guess if you're, I guess if you're in a position where you're kind of at the tail end of your office, you can kind of say whatever you want. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's certainly possible. But I mean, I I absolutely see the potential where you 
what wheeling is for the people that don't know is the ability to send sell, sell energy across uh, property lines, across TMK lines. The issue we have is that that is the way the legislation is written in Hawaii is that it's um, against the law. It's the purview of the utility only. So if you want to have like a virtual power plant situation where everybody has their own little batteries, but the, the, the utility can treat it as one unit, you actually can't, um, you can't do that. You cannot sell your energy to your neighbor, for example, or even give your energy to your neighbor. You have to go through the, um, the, the proper utility channels. And so it, it makes things just difficult. <laughs> through that, we, that conversation, he also was talking about some, oh gosh, it was really prescient in a way, talking about the history of Maui, about where, you know, his experience uh, in back in the 60s where he could drive from um, town to Haiku in six or seven minutes because there was no traffic, right? And yep. he could be on, uh, on, on Big Beach and not see a single person. And I tried to imagine that. I found it so difficult to imagine that, right? Because Maui is, was just at, you know, moving towards this peak, frenzied peak of tourism. And of course, right now, because of the quarantines that are in place with the COVID-19 crisis and the pandemic, we are seeing examples of what he was talking about, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's really remarkable uh, kind of how these little tidbits pop out. And then, uh, you know, it's like, what's to come, right? He also talked a little bit about um, wanting his flying car, if you, if you recall that, Jay. <laughs> I, th I think he wanted a little flying jetpack, actually, that he would store in the closet. <laughs> right? He wanted his flying car. And then, of course, recently, at, uh, once again, the velocity of this conversation, at CES in January 2020, we sat down with Bell Nexus. And what are they doing? They have an air mobility concept, comprehensive air mobility concept uh, with what is pretty much a flying car, the, the Bell Nexus, absolutely radical technology. And an uh, air taxi. <laughs> yeah, an air taxi. So I really enjoyed sitting down with Mayor Arakawa and hearing his ideas for uh, renewable energy. And of course, now that, you know, he said with, with wheeling, without wheeling, we could be at 100% renewables by 2022, 2023, basically. Of course, our RFP phase two is, is going to allow us to get probably upwards of about 80% renewable energy here in Maui once that's deployed. And it'll be deployed around 2023. So we're, we're not too far off, even though we still have wheeling in place. Jack. It is. Yeah, it is that last one, 10, 10, 20%. That's going to be the most difficult thing that, that base load support. Um, and, and, but I, I do think it's doable. Um, the issue is we need to all, all get together and make sure it happens the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, of course there's a, one of the things that started to, of course, back then, this was 2017, so it was still challenging to get a solar system on your roof. It, this was in the post-NEM era, 2015, tail end of 15, beginning of 16 was when NEM went away, and we had all these new tariffs in place. And so 16 and 17 was really challenging to kind of get access to re residential solar. So we were kind of living in that world. There was a little bit of rancor and, and you know, angst in that process. And, uh, but now, of course, we're seeing the evolution of that. We needed all these solar plus storage technologies to be birthed over that time period so we could take advantage of those new tariffs like self-supply yep. uh, and even CGS, consumer grid supply plus or regular, you know, with a battery would be, would work much, much better. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to see only a couple of years time. And I remember back then we went, geez, when are we going to get the technology for this industry to survive? And it turns out that residential Right. So we, we, let's hold that thought for a moment. We have residential in that kind of uh, moment of crisis. We're going to talk a little bit about CNI or commercial and industrial solar with Garrett Marrero next on our Maui Brewing Company episode. But then, of course, there's all this activity in, 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 in utility scale coming down the road. And we'll see how those three fit together. But let's take a look outside of Resi. Let's look a little bit in the world of a brewmaster and this kind of this fellow that created this amazing institution here in Maui that's completely solar powered. Let's check this out. It's a unique situation because it is such a large brewery attached to the restaurant. Um, but it started off as the production brewery and tasting room, and then the restaurant was just added about a month ago. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. I always just say the Kihei Brewery. So, the mother, uh, okay. the mothership. The mothership. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, maybe asking yourself, why a brewery? Why is the solar coaster talking about a brewery? Mm -hmm. Well, there's just a massive amount of solar, and you have a massive energy use, right? Yep. What, what is your average monthly use, roughly speaking, either in dollars or kilowatt hours or whatever you want to say? I forget the kilowatt hours. I, I speak in dollars yeah. coming from finance, <laughs> but it's it's between forty and $50,000 a month. Okay. So, it's, that's a pretty it's big a, 
bill. Yeah, it's a pretty big bill. So, um, yeah. you know, brewing is very energy intensive. And I think if you historically look at brewing, uh, there's always been a measure of sustainability. I mean, this is going back, you know, centuries. Mm. Uh, even though we didn't have PV back a thousand years ago when they were brewing, um, breweries were located near uh, bakeries and farms because, you know, they had this, this waste stream flow that would go between them where, you know, the brewery would get the grain from the farm, the farm, uh, you know, they'd brew the beer and then send the grain either to the farmers for cattle feed or to the bakery next door to make bread right, and flour. Right. So you have this like, you know, closed loop. I think I mentioned the term foam to table. Yeah, yesterday. yeah, you did. It was a good um, and that's existed, existed forever, you know, and we're, we're taking that even steps beyond by then creating our own energy on site with the goal of being grid independent. Uh, and that's both from a propane, electrical and even CO2 standpoint, yeah. uh, since we'll be doing our own CO2 recovery. Um, but it really is trying. My, my dream is that someone picks up a can of our beer anywhere in the world because we produce 100% of it in Hawaii and knows that A, that came from Hawaii, and B, it has the lowest or one of the lowest carbon footprints of any beer that they could pick up out there. Uh, All right, let's just uh, stop right on that one, Jay. You know, there's the, the, the CNI industry is the CNI segment of the solar industry, as we said, is about 20 gigawatts annually throughout the United States. And it's roughly equivalent to the utility scale industry, right? And so what this is a really key part of the energy transition. And it takes visionaries like Garrett and his CFO, Russell Adkins, who also came on in a subsequent show, uh, to be able to see the opportunity, not only in terms of, hey, we can reach 100% uh, renewable energies on our, on our facility, but there's so many benefits. And I love that and things like, just touching base on them, we'll have plenty of opportunity to talk about this, Jay, here, but the marketing component of it, right? It's a very mm-hmm. attractive product on that basis. Uh, the, the, the fact that historically breweries have had this sustainable kind of community connected history and character, right? And the financials, and we talk, we do a whole show with Russell, CFO's perspective on renewable energy. And, you know, I think he said something like for every dollar they put into renewable system, they get a dollar four back in incentives and in value or something along those lines. Yeah. The point, the point, the point of that being that this is the math really works. I mean, if you have an industry and you're pulling a lot of energy and you want to look at renewable because for even from a, from a CFO's viewpoint, the math works, you can get it done and you can save money. <laughs> you can save a lot of money and you, uh, and then maybe even build your business more, right? Because you're, you're able to show that you're moving in the right direction. You know, at one of the things that we talked about that was kind of a small talking point in some of those interviews, but ended up being a major a component in my mind was the notion of this microgrid playing a part in community resilience. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Jay, where it was like, hey, there is an opportunity here for this technology to provide security to the local community. And when we had that big fire down That's in it. Kihei, yeah. remember that? We had a mm-hmm. huge fire in Kihei, 10,000 acres burned, was, moving was towards the, first the residential. Big, yeah. Yeah, moving, right, we've had a lot since, right? Moving towards the residential sector. I was down there with my family trying to get my wife and daughter to the airport, right, for a flight. And, and of course, you know, in, in, in typical fashion, you're kind of running a little bit late. And then I'm looking at the road and then boom, it's closed. And we have, to, there's only one direction to go and that's south. And then everybody's heading towards the, uh, the designated emergency centers, but it's not where I went, <laughs> right to the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and they let us in. I had my dogs in the tasting room and we're sitting there like just waiting it out, drinking beer. I don't know if you should say that. I don't think you should say that on the air, but okay. <laughs> I don't, they may even it's let years, in, it's years ago now, folks. It's years ago now, folks. <laughs> anyway, really cool guys. And, but that is an example of a, of a benefit that, well, one, isn't really being monetized, right? It's, I don't think there's any, any credit being offered to the brewery at the moment for that type of extra resilience, although that should be explored. And then a real world case of, hey, this is the place to be. They got three megawatt hours of storage. They got a, a meg of generation. They got two 375 kilowatt biodiesel gens with tanks. Uh, you know, this is basically the safest place, not to mention all the beer you can, you can drink, right? Yeah, so, the, the beer is very, very secondary. But if there's ever a, ever a real hurricane to, that comes in and we get hit hard, um, Maui Brew is going to be the place to charge your phone. It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, so I think the CNI industry, uh, we started to explore that more and more. And Maui Brewing Company was a great example. And then it became like, wow, how many other companies are out there doing this? Well, 
it's kind of, they were kind of one of the first. Since then, about a year ago or so with that uh, uh, Maui Brewing Company episode, there have been more and more companies moving towards this microgrid character. And we're talking about, you know, multi-hundred kilowatt size solar arrays, megawatt size solar arrays, uh, and, 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 you know, usually four, three, four X that in storage capabilities, the technologies that, that they're, they're utilizing are oftentimes the Tesla power packs. I know there's at least a half a dozen of these individual power pack sites I want to say in Maui presently, there could be a lot more. But those are the ones that I know about. So we're seeing this kind of rush on this in this really important sector pre-pandemic, obviously, uh, towards adopting microgrid technology and severely mitigating loads, severely mitigating the, the stress on the grid, and then really creating this great example here in Maui County for, you know, uh, for the CNI industry, for the hospital, the hospitality industry to be, you know, carbon, uh, lowering their carbon, uh, Footprint. Uh, footprint. Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, we went through that, of course. Then we started to look more at the uh, utility scale side. But before then, I want to touch base with, where are we here? Ah, yes. Mr. Victorino, our current mayor, who I have to say, uh, I think is doing a bang up job in this pandemic. I am a, a real Victorino diehard supporter at the moment. I really appreciate that. that turned out to be a really great leader during this. So we're going to hear a little bit about his perspective on renewables prior during the during the uh, while he was this running. Part of the, yeah, this is part of the election yeah. cycle. <laughs> okay, here we go. Episode sixty-seven: Maui's energy future with Mike Victorino. Conversations about how much to harvest, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But but you can get additional revenue from that same land, and so it's this idea of balance, this this cohabitation that we can all achieve if. Um, we would simply do it. <laughs> well, I think this this really, you know, if I may chime in real quickly, that fits exactly in what we've been talking about, that balanced vision that I talk about, where we take one particular aspect and incorporate other facets that balances it out, you know, makes it more utilized, um, higher yields and utilization of that particular property or that particular parcel of land. And so we got to move in that area because here in Hawaii and especially Maui, we have a finite amount of land. We cannot mm -hmm. continue growing. So if we want to maximize what we're talking about, and this is this is just one of many aspects uh, that we can do, uh, I, I'm all for that. And having where bees and, and any other uh, cohabitator of a solar farm could better the whole industry, have better yields all around and, and, and produce more, that's, that's what, we, that's what we, we should be striving for. It's an exciting, uh, exciting uh, opportunity to kind of take advantage of that land. Because one of the concerns that people have with solar farms is that you're just using so much land. That's correct. Right? So, mm -hmm. and if we can double double duty that land and mm -hmm. have it turn into some kind of a... I mean, then there's conversations out there about using even livestock, right? Right. You've Absolutely. seen this before. With, mm -hmm. Was it goats, yep. I think, yep. was the goats, one of the main exactly ones? Exactly what it is. I um, saw that in, um, uh, I think it was New Mexico. There were, there were some solar farms where goats were a part of it. And they were also part of the elimination of invasive species or mm -hmm. red vegetation because goats just about eat anything right. you know, you, if you, <laughs> yeah. they're hungry they'll eat just about everything that's green but that's when, I, when i think of goat under solar farm though i just uh, think of them eating some of those cables and stuff well, I, <laughs> you know i wonder if it's gonna if that could actually be protected i guess you put some, put guess some special so protections yeah, in there i'm pretty sure it can be done in such a way that they don't you know the cabling is not easily accessible but i that's can correct. see that as I mean, I mean my, my father had an idea about how, just having a herd of goats and migrating them around as uh that kind of control for your solar farm or whatever else where you you, um, you want to cut down you said it can't grow too high you want to cut that stuff down you move in the goats they eat mm -hmm. everything through and then you move on to the next solar farm yeah. well <laughs> if you look on Maui right here in Maui, Maui you know you look right down here in Wailuku mm -hmm. right in this little area that we have the little park across the cemetery by the by the uh, MCCC yep. goats have been mm -hmm. utilized there in mowing that whole acreage and that way we don't have to send anybody in there with moors. That's been that way for a long time. Long time. We did this well, way back when I was on the council, we decided to do that as no an kidding. experiment. And, and you know, because it's all fenced off, it's very easy. You can let them roam. You know, we can't use it in every park because it's not fenced off. But, right. you know, goats are, are, are pretty adamant when you tell them, this is yours to eat. <laughs> They're going to take it right down to the root. I like it. 
<laughs> right down to the root. <laughs> what a what a great conversation with uh, Mayor Victorino, and I want to send a okay. real you know shout out to him. And just we appreciate his leadership right now. But yeah, Jay, that was a you know the the notion of how to uh, protect the Ina, how it, during this renewable energy transition is paramount, and yeah. especially right now with RFP phase two. I almost want to say phase three. I'm always getting ahead of myself. RFP phase two <laughs> and uh, the, you know, interjects has four projects on three islands. Long road energy has a handful of projects. Uh, there's a lot going on in Maui. We're talking about hundreds upon hundreds of acres, even thousands of acres being uh, stewarded. I'm going to use the term stewarded to, uh, mm -hmm. in the use of uh solar farms and then this conversation about uh dual use or uh, there's a couple of different terms that we can utilize here i think is really key what are your thoughts here jay multi-use and this is a conversation that popped up um i want to say in the latter half of 2018 uh where we really started to see a lot of research come down uh the, the first the first one that really sticks out in my mind was the um the paper about um ground moisture where underneath solar farms you actually have a significant amount of more of, of um, production from crops because the ground moisture is increased significantly. You don't, you don't over bake <laughs> your, your plants, but it requires that you do either low, like low plants or you raise this, the solar panels up a certain, a certain degree. But, uh, but I, I think it's just a tremendous paper. I can go look that up and, uh, and post it on the solar, solar coaster website. But that was the beginning of it. And then we started talking about having pollinators, bees, uh, because bees have such an issue and they, they, they're, they're abused as they, they are traveled around um, to support um, migrating, um, uh, what do I want to say, harvests, harvest right. seasons mm -hmm. um, acro across, the, across the, the world. And they don't, they don't end up living very long that in, that, in that environment. They're meant to be in a place. They build their hive, they live there, and you can't, you can't just take them and, and chuck them around the world. So having pollinators that would exist in one space and serve that farm would be a, a really positive thing. And now you have, now you have three different uses for that one land. It's not just a solar farm. People think of solar farm and it's really just a whole bunch of panels and that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the notion of uh, bees in particular is, is pretty exciting to me for a couple different reasons. One, you know, the bee populations around the world, I happen to know this cause I have some friends in this, in this area, uh, but they're uh, in sharp decline and are, are in crisis. Uh, queen bee pop, uh, queen bee shortages exist, uh, and you know we, there's there's different reasons for this, but it's fairly accepted that the uh, use of pesticides with neonicotinoids, I believe, is the term, a part of that process. And Maui was a really key uh, uh, location for some of the proof of that, and uh, and we could you know that's a bigger conversation, but I know some of the case studies and the collaborative uh, research that was done here. Because we don't have varroa mites, we do have large-scale deployments of, fortunately, pesticides, especially with the bear relationship uh, here. And you know, I'll say that, Jay, you, you, you can deal with that. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so here's the idea. Here's the thought in my mind. If we were to put, um, to, to really focus in on dual use, now we're looking at thousands and thousands of acres being stored, like I said. And if we were to go ahead and push forward with with uh, bees, as an example, they need a uh, something like a few mile diameter in order to be protected, right? So that means that you're even more acres are stewarded and protected, and there's no way you can do, you can put uh, pesticides on those environments. Then you have a widespread kind of swath of really protected, stewarded land. This is something I've been kind of noodling on. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to mention it to you, but I love the idea of that. I love the idea of dual use. Uh, I love the idea of the like you said uh, the moisture content being being uh, protected, right? And then you can grow new things in those environments. A lot of this land you can't grow on now. For the most part, it's mm -hmm. really hot, kind of difficult to farm. There's not a lot of, you know, what you need there to successfully grow. But imagine if putting down solar panels allowed you to actually grow. It's like it's yeah. adding quality to it. Yeah, Maui, I mean, Maui, we always said it's just to add water kind of. And <laughs> so, so keeping that ground moisture is, is absolutely, absolutely key. Very good. Very good. Okay. You want to go for, I'd like to uh, do one more. Of course, we got next week's show too, Jay, but I'd like mm -hmm. to take a look at, we're talking about utility scale stuff here. And the first environment in uh, Hawaii that should hit hundred percent renewables, which maybe 
one of the first in the U.S. Of course, we know there are some that are getting close, like Cuddy Hunk, other microgrids, mm -hmm. right? We'll probably touch mm -hmm. on that next show. But I want to hear a little bit from our really fun show where we, we did a, a trip out to Molokai. And Molokai is, is specked out to be one of the first environments in Hawaii that hit 100%. We learned a little bit from Greg Kresge and uh, Chris Reynolds uh, on site in their generation facilities. And let's check this uh, battery system out. Okay, so what are we looking at here, Chris? So basically we have a container over here which has just the battery systems in it. Um, next to it is the inverter that actually changes from AC, I mean DC to AC. And then the power comes over here to a transformer which steps it up from the AC voltage up to the 12 kV needed to tie into the rest of the system. Gotcha. So the batteries is a two megawatt, 397 kilowatt hour battery system. Okay. So the inverters actually have a two megawatt capacity. Okay, so we're looking at the BMS, the battery management system. Yeah. So basically, this is the system that actually monitors the health and the status of the batteries back there. And we're inside what looks like a 40-foot container, effectively. It's been insulated and air-conditioned and all suited up to handle the batteries. Yes. Yeah. And what are the, I see some modules over here. Are they like, do you know what sizes they are? So basically, you're seeing the modules, and inside the modules are the individual battery cells. So they're like little cells, just like we see everything else, right? Yep, exactly. Chris, looking at this array of, of battery modules here, what, and we're over two megawatts. All right, we're gonna stop right there, uh, just because we don't have enough time to go through the rest of the conversation. But, you know, that is basically a huge battery, two megawatts, I wanted to get that size in there, that's sitting in Molokai, that made a big difference to, you know, how Molokai can handle all those renewables. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a a, a big, as big a base load uh, as as most places in in this even in the state, um, and so they have a real big problem when the sun comes up and there's a lot of solar on the grid. They get a huge influx of power, and then when the cloud comes over all of a sudden all that goes away and it's just really, really difficult to keep some balance in the grid. And so that's what this battery was really meant to help with is to eliminate that, that um, fluctuation that they see all day long. Uh, and it's something every, every operator, every utility is going to have to deal with as more and more solar comes on. In fact, we had that big report um, of simply weather monitoring that was meant for the energy industry because they need to know if the weather's going to change and prepare for it with a reasonable amount of accuracy. Otherwise, they're, they're going to have outages, like rolling blackouts, like a California situation. Yeah, and uh, you know, that was the first time I think we had seen a battery like that in action. You know, this was a couple of years ago, Jay. It's not like <laughs> it was a while back. So really early on the uh, stage and the arc of this overall adoption, course, now we're going to see a, a huge multiple of that throughout Maui County. We're going to see something like, so that was two megawatts in a container. Mm -hmm. We're going to see with interjects, I want to say 60 megawatt hours, right? Yep. And, and I, I think I'm talking in the right terminology, maybe missing a, a you know, kilowatt or so here. <laughs> but but uh, also we have uh, the AES system, from uh, which is 260 megawatt hours. Am I right on that? Something like that? And yeah, they're all, they're all, these are all much larger huge. installs. They're meant, well, they're meant to, ins to, to replace power plants that were now end of life. -ing. So we have these coal-fired plants, the last ones in the state that are going to be end of life. We have some of the smaller old bunker fuel generators that are going to be end of life in 22, 23. Um, and, and they need to be replaced. So we are replacing those with the technology that we have available, which is energy storage. All right, folks, uh, just a few minutes left here on our second to last show. Okay, Jay, we want to give them a recap of what's going on in case they tuned in late. So for the last three and a half years and 169 episodes, uh, it's a wrap with Ko'oi Studios. We're going to be moving on to some new venues for the show. Uh, we're heading over right away. We said this at the beginning of the show, we're doing a video documentary with SolarEdge on their energy hub system. Very cool technology. Also on the uh, in middle of September, we're going to be working with solar power events and we're going to be showcasing and the uh, education series that they have for six weeks pre um, 
pre-big event in Vegas. Uh, what else? Is, what else is going on here, Jay? We have. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we haven't we haven't decided whether we're traveling or not. Um, for for me, it's probably not because this is still October. We're talking about, but um, we're going to be hosting at. Um, but it's also going what I'm seeing in the industry, and we've talked about this before, is that there's a lot of virtual um, event components going in for the people that can't travel or don't want to travel for whatever reason. And what my hope is is that these virtual events are going to uh, provide a lot more people the opportunity to go. So come to the show with us, <laughs> research, yeah. um, go to, go to SPI, um, hang out with the solar coaster, even if it's virtual, uh, but learn, learn about, it's the best way to learn about the technologies we've found over the past three years that, I mean, how, how much have we learned? I, I started as a total neophyte. I knew, I knew what a solar panel looked like, <laughs> but, but I knew almost nothing. And now three years later, I can say I still almost know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it, but it's, it's the most educational, the best, the best experience you can possibly have. That's, that's right. Okay, folks, if you want to learn more about the solar coaster and all the activity forward and stay close to us, you will be able to check it out at www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. Uh, there'll be activity up there, all our social media accounts. There's YouTube streams. We're on all the podcast platforms, and that will continue. So we invite you to join us on this uh, continued educational adventure forward. Thank you very much for tuning in. Tune in to episode 169 that will be exclusively offered on podcast platforms. You can hear all about the last couple of years of really cool stuff, kind of where we left off in this show here. We got uh, Michael McHale from the LA Auto Show focusing on Rivian the day of launch, actually before the launch. We're going to hit that. We also got, what else, Jay? Oh, so many things that we've done over the years. Uh, the EcoShip uh, live SPI show that we did um, actually yeah. And yeah. then we got EcoShip with that was a lot of fun. Then Cuddy Hunk, of course, you went out to Cuddy Hunk in Massachusetts and uh, did a show uh, uh, in our island microgrid series. You know, touch base on that. We also talked with uh, Blake Riquetta, CEO of uh, Sonin at the time. Yeah. And then that, that led us all the way over to Vilpolz Reed in uh, Bavaria, Germany, where we met up with some of the people at Sonin HQ. We're also going to touch base with uh, Enthase and Solar Edge. That's uh, Lior and Ragu Balor. Lior Henderson from Solar Edge and Ragu Balor from Enthase. A lot of great stuff forward. So that's 169. Don't miss that exclusively on our podcast. How can people find our podcast today? Podcast easy. Just go to solar-coaster.com and look up the podcast tab. Alternatively, if you have a particular iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, um, they all carry the solar coaster. Just type in solar coaster and look for a little orange and blue uh, waveform. And weekly or certainly more on a regular basis, you're going to be able to see lots of cool content up there. Not only do we have uh, the website and our podcast locations, but we also have YouTube, a bunch of social sites as well. It was the easiest way for someone to access our YouTube stream. There's a bunch of videos up there. Yeah. Uh, again, it's all on solar-coaster.com. If you click on, on the YouTube link right there, it'll take you directly to our channel. All right, folks, if you want to get access to this episode 169, it's not going to be on the radio. It's only going to be on our podcast platform. You heard it right here. Go to solar-coaster.com to stay in touch with the Solar Coaster in upcoming years and all these cool projects. I think it's time to wrap our final show. Jay, you ready to do it? Oh, I got a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County signing off. We are presently sponsored we, we by... We have been. <laughs> we oh, have yeah. been. <laughs> we are sponsored by Kama Aina, a first program Maui Office of Economic Development, Sundrum Solar, and Fairwinds Wealth Management. Thank you very much to our current and past sponsors and participating Groups all across the world, uh, from Solar Power International to Inner Solar to Solar Edge and all the great people there. We uh, want to wish you a uh, wonderful weekend and Aloha Friday. <laughs>